Pulp MX Network production. You cast me completely till death What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Well, back again for another week of the Pulpamex wrap-up show for episode 395 that featured Damon Bradshaw, Max Steffens, and Jason Thomas in studio, Cole Seeley, Jeff Stanton on the phone. This was a pretty epic show with uh, the Beast from the East in studio, a lot of gargling going on. Uh, let's get, we're going to get this thing going real quick with uh, our guest tonight, which I think you're going to like who we have on. I think this is going to be a spectacular episode I am Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, but WUSA provides the best quality wheels in the business. So if you're looking for a good seat, the best seat in the business, hit up WUSA.com. They bring you tonight from Yuck Yucks, a former Pulpy Award winner, and from Michelin, Mr. Randy Richardson. What's up, Randy? Hey, man. Uh, just, just hanging out. I'm happy to be here, and thanks for having me on. I'm trying to uh, just trying to help you... Uh steer this uh right this sinking ship man we gotta get this thing gotta keep this thing afloat well man i i don't know how i feel about that comment <laughs> i think <laughs> I, hey I'm, let me tell you let me tell you this here's a randyism you can take that as a comment so we're good <laughs> perfect perfect all right also on the phone from uh brought to you by guts racing the best seat covers in the business. Uh, you cannot do any better than guts racing mr andy Gregg has been doing this since 1985 Killing it with most of the best teams in the sports. Guts Racing USA brings you Mr. Brad Gebhardt from Big MX Radio. What's up, Brad? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, we're about two minutes into this thing, and we're already taking on water. Um, but uh, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Uh, like, I think we, we definitely have some extra star power in, in Randy. In fact, uh, Randy, your, your back might be hurting by the end of this hour because uh, you're probably going to carry us through this one. Um, but I'm excited to chat with you guys. Uh, obviously, this was a huge episode, and uh, just glad to be a part of it. Yeah, hey, no worries at all. I brought extra ratio rights. I'm using those to uh, <laughs> to get water out of this thing, so we'll, we'll keep it afloat. Oh, Don't worry. perfect. We'll keep it afloat. Well, I and pre- I got a, a fresh jug of Castor 927. So uh, uh, Scott Burnworth over at Maxima's got to be smiling here to listen to this one. Yeah, I appreciate Absolutely. all the help I can get. Uh, you know, it's funny. We're going to talk about the voicemails towards the end of this thing and all the hate. I get lots of positive uh, messages about it. I just don't know if they're getting to Steve. So, uh, yeah, did, you did know, your mom have number or what's that? Did your mom have Steve's number? Uh, all right, assholes. I see how this <laughs> is going to go. <laughs> all right, I'll, I guess you. You guys Steve has a lot of selective everything. He has selective everything. So right. Well, you guys are going to bust my balls, too. I got my work cut out for me. Let's talk about these sponsors real quick. BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross Fives. We, uh, that's one of our favorites, right, Randy? That's my personal favorite, yeah. <laughs> it's the only Heck one that yeah. matters. Maxima Oils, X-Brand like Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, 
Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, and Ride Engineering, all proud supporters of the Pulp MX Show. Maybe not so proud to support the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, but uh, maybe we can change that tonight. Right off the bat, uh, Brad, you, uh, you've you been a, a longtime listener of the Pulp MX Show. You're from Manitoba. When did you first yes, start listening to Pulp MX, Brad? Uh, and... Uh... 11, 12, I, I believe. It was uh, shortly after uh, I actually had shoulder surgery and uh, a lot of uh, boredom time to uh, sort of uh, brush up on the history of the sport. And uh, I think that's one of the things that, that Steve's always really clung to. I think it's one of his favorite parts about the sport is, is the history of it. And uh, that's how I basically got introduced to the sport in, in general by my dad a number of years uh, prior, basically all his old motocross actions and, and uh, cycle news magazines with uh, Hannah and, and Glover and all those guys. So I really connect with that stuff and uh, and then started listening to his podcast, turned into the Pulp Show, and uh, I don't think I've missed a show since. So uh, going on a lot, a lot of years now, big fan. Yeah, absolutely. Randy, you've been on the show many times. You've known Steve for a lot of years. How did you first get introduced to Steve? Uh, he and I went to different schools together. And, uh, okay, yeah. and that was when he was, <laughs> when he was in Canada and I was in the U S right, so, uh, right, the right. Rivals. The, 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 yeah, the very first time that I met Steve when, when he was a mechanic and you guys may not know this cause I know Steve's not one to blow his own horn, but, <laughs> but, uh, he was a mechanic at KTM and, and he was the mechanic for Kelly Smith when they won their first ever KTM and Michelin and Steve's first ever, uh, outdoor national. Uh, so I met Steve then back in 2000. And uh, and hit it off. I think our uh, we share a bit of quick wit and sarcasm, and uh, we, we hit it off right away, and have been friends with him ever since. And and I was a little bit late, honestly, a little bit late to the Pulp Mix game because um, wasn't really a podcast. I, I wasn't really podcast knowledgeable. Sure. I knew what I knew Steve was doing this platform, but I hadn't really tapped into it. So I was a little bit uh, late to arrive to it. But man, once once I got hooked into it. Uh, it's like I tell Steve, I was a fan of the show long before I was a sponsor of the show, and it gives the average person the opportunity to sit in on some amazing bench racing and feel like they're part of the conversation. That's what I love about it and, and, and other platforms, to be honest. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, and uh, I'm really excited to get into talking about this episode. If you guys make it through this episode, there'll be a, the second edition of Hello Pookie at the end. I've already had complaints about the intro song to Hello Pookie. Um so I want to give a little background on that. Randy, you know Pookie pretty well. She has a, uh, apparently she has a Hello Kitty room upstairs, or she had at the old house. She's a big fan of Hello Kitty. So we decided to call the yep. segment Hello Pookie, and that is the intro music to Hello Kitty with the Pookie drop in the middle. So if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. That's, it is what it is. Let's get into this episode, man. I was, well, that sounds brutal. Here's what I would say. If you don't like it, I would, I would quote Pookie, and I would say, F you, dude. F you, dude. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, Pookie loves it. So that's that's all that matters. We love Pookie. Um, this this episode I kind of heard about a couple weeks ago while interviewing Pookie. I knew Damon was coming in studio. Um, this may be one of the most popular guests, you know, that to have in studio. Um, what do you think about that, Randy? Uh, as as a as a Bradshaw fan from from the late eighties, early nineties, absolutely, man. I was I was. Uh, and I know that you and I had tried to connect a couple weeks ago, and as as Steve Kiefer and JT said, I had dinner. I had to eat dinner, or I had to breathe, or whatever. So I had a work dinner that provided uh, prevented me from getting on board with you then. But I absolutely am honored to to be a part of the review podcast, looking at at the Bradshaw 
uh, episode. And, uh, man, I, I was hanging on every word that Damon says, as, as so many people who are fans of him uh, do every time he speaks. So. Yeah, and Brad, there was a lot of callers with Bradshaw stories, like more, I think, a lot more than any other guest sure. I've ever heard. Absolutely, and, and just to touch on like how uh, how much of an honor being on this particular wrap up show is, I almost feel like in, in a way I'm uh, attached to this three, show 395 that uh, featured Damon Bradshaw, uh, a hero of mine, a hero of many, and especially a hero uh, of one Steve Mathis. And I think what made this this episode so special is uh, um, you heard a lot of. Uh, the reason why Steve got into doing the podcast to begin with is just his love for the sport. He's a total nerd. He's the, I don't think he's even he even really lets people in on and how much of a nerd he is on the sport because he's always able to uh, bring up so many memories and he's got that top of mind awareness uh, with all of these uh, different factoids that come about with people's uh, stuff and he's he's a memorabilia guy and he he collects stuff and he's willing to overpay to have this sort of thing and those things in his house and uh, I really feel like because. Damon was not only on the phone, but in studio, uh, that put Steve on his game. And I think you guys would also agree that, uh, Jason Thomas is also, uh, uh, he's always on his game better when, uh, when he's in studio. I think that's always the case, uh, uh, whether you're in studio or over the phone. And, uh, as a side wrinkle, Max Steffens is, uh, like the, the gesture in the corner that gets all of them going, which was uh, a great addition as well. So all around, it was a great episode and I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, and you just mentioned memorabilia. So Damon brought in uh, one of his helmets, uh, the helmet he was actually wearing at uh, Cycle Ranch when I met him for the first time. And there was a moment where Steve was asking, where do you want to put that? You want to put it up there by Denny Stevenson's helmet? And uh, I got a pretty good laugh out of this conversation as they talk about uh, Denny crashing. And you know he, when the guy says, you know he landed on his head. And JT threw out a great one-liner. Did you guys catch that, Randy? I I I I loved it when Damon asked, "Why is his visor so low?" Yeah, and it was because it because the tab was broken. But uh, yeah, JT JT is quick with a one liner as well. So yeah, sure. Yeah, does. he said you can tell that from his Instagram post, which you know I about spit my drink out. You know this. Yeah, I, 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 like, <laughs> I think of JT sometimes as being a little straight laced, and then he'll come out with these. Just these little one liners. Sometimes they're a little risque or dirty, and I I, I love it. Um, so, uh, Brad, it's you just know, that dry humor. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Brad, did, did you have a favorite moment of the episode? Um, I, I couldn't really pinpoint a specific time. Uh, I, I think I, I have a, a least favorite caller, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna talk about um, Dylan. But, hey, yeah, oh, leave or was Dylan it me? Was it me? Leave Dylan out of this. <laughs> Uh, well, you, you, honestly, uh, Dylan's making a strong case for my uh, to, for, for me to change my least favorite Colin uh, uh, guest. But um, honestly, it was really cool to just have. It was almost like a one on one with Damon Bradshaw for that whole five hours, yeah. whatever it came out to be, just shy of five hours. Because there's so many question marks when it comes to Damon Bradshaw. I feel like there's a ton of information out there, but for every every bit of information, there's 10 questions that come along with it. So I feel like we were able to kind of get to the bottom of things a little bit. Um, surprisingly enough, I think he remembers a little bit more of his career than he's given credit for, uh, especially in some of the interviews that he's done in the past. And also uh, he uncovered some, some stories that he he himself did not even uh, know about. In, in fact, uh, with the fact that he didn't know that GMB was uh, that much of uh, not a fan, yeah, uh, yeah. which I thought was pretty fun. <laughs> so uh, the, the dichotomy of those two sort of things coming together, as well as uh, um, with uh, 
Damon just like actually coming across as being extremely humble and sort of just grateful for the fact that yeah he didn't get those uh, the big bike championships that he probably uh, uh, could have and should have gotten uh, throughout his career that he's just so beloved by the industry and the fans still remembered and honestly a whole lot like he's probably remembered a whole lot better than a lot of guys who won more championships more races and made more money than he did within the sport of motocross uh, and that's uh, honestly a huge testament just his personality and the way that he connected with the fans. Yeah, Randy, uh, that, there was a moment there was a, where they kind of brought that up, what Brad just said, where Steve said, you know, you never want a major title, but you have the aura of someone who does. And, and I think, yeah, the way the fans see him and the way we remember him is, is basically we remember him as a champion, I think, the way he rode. Yeah, absolutely. He's, 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 a, he's a mysterious icon. I guess is the way you would sum it up, and and I agree with you that that we were able to get a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain with his conversation, and I agree with you completely that he is uh, uh, he's a humble guy. You know, I've had a chance to, the blessing to ride with him before at some fly racing uh, ride days and stuff, and, uh, and and talking about the humbleness of him. I went to Phoenix this year, and we're on the flight uh, the next morning, and and right now the name's slipping me. Uh, she works alongside Daniel Blair. Um, called Supercross. Um, oh, uh, Will Christian. Uh, yeah, so Will Christian. So the next, the next flight, the next morning, we're flying out, and uh, so Damon's sitting beside Will Christian, and and I overhear the conversation and the chit chat, something about the race or chit chat, and and uh, and she said, "Hi, I'm, I'm Will Christian." He said, "Hi," I said, "Hi, my name my name is Damon." <laughs> and he didn't say, "I'm Damon F and Bradshaw," you right. know, as, as so many of us uh, know him as. So so as he should. Humbleness. Yeah, his humbleness uh, uh, precedes his uh, his reputation. He's a good dude, good dude. Yeah, absolutely. I was blown away when I got the chance to just visit with him all day at Cycle Ranch, and uh, yeah, just a down to earth guy. And I was I was a little intimidated by him, you know, before I started talking to him, just because of what I had in my perception of what he was going to be. But let's get into this episode a little bit. Um, you know, of course, they're going to talk about the last race at Unadilla. Um, a lot of talk about Ken Roxon and how he stepped up, and uh, you know why can't you do this every race? And, you know, one of the things that Steve brings out, you know, mentions a lot. Um, uh, and JT talked about this graph that his buddy made. He didn't say who it was, but about temperature versus results. Um, Brad, I mean, you you fought, you cover the sport, you do a show, you do a ton of episodes of um, sure. of your show, a Big MX. Um, what are your thoughts on Ken? Is Steve, you know, is Steve? kind of onto something like why can we not why can you not replicate this every week or do you really think there's something physically going on with kenny um i I think it's it's physical and mental as the sport of motocross is and i think that maybe that's a little bit of a cop-out in the fact that uh you could basically label most issues uh, under that sort of umbrella uh when it comes to the sport of motocross i think steve's definitely onto something that um, there's been more than a few instances throughout the season that are totally unlike uh, uh, Unadilla, where it was favorable conditions. Uh, Ken seemed to be uh, fast and top of his game, and he wasn't able to uh, execute in, in, in on race day. And, and also, I think there's uh, some merit to to what uh, Jason is talking about, where uh, the the correlation where the heat comes in and uh, seems to exasperate. Um, Ken Roxon and, and that's uh, they're, they're, they both have a kind of a fair argument on that side. I think, uh, like, not uh, sorry to give my own opinion uh, on the matter, but I think it, it's, a, it's basically a perfect storm. Uh, you have mild conditions combined with a track that, uh, that 
um, Ken happens to ride particularly well at conditions that he rides well in, and, and, and what you get is a 1-1 performance. So I guess uh, in, in that respect, I sort of uh, side with JT in the fact that uh, it's basically an isolated incident where I don't think he's completely solved. I'm sure he's better than he was right. three months ago or a month ago uh, when he was really in the throes of, of this illness. Uh, so maybe that's like, a, like an extra combination to... Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, um, like, like anything, like if, uh, we're all racers on the, on the, uh, on the show right now at different levels, if, if you're have a nagging injury, it's like, you're not in, you're not going to be firing at all cylinders regardless. Um, so, uh, I think that's sort of what's been hampering, uh, Ken all Kenny. season long. And, uh, I think I, I love the way those guys kind of like, they, they talk about all sides, uh, which I think is really interesting. Like they don't just agree with each other. Uh, there's always a lot of disagreement. I think like there isn't, it's not having to be arguing, but the, the, the disagreement and the different points of view is really what makes the pulp show so great. Well, yeah. And I've said this a number of times, the, the disagreements between JT and Steve, are almost always a highlight. Like there's, there could be a whole pulpy awards show, I think, or a segment on just their <laughs> arguments. Um, yeah. Randy. So also that, you know, there's always this discussion with Eli with being inconsistent, uh, whether it's mental, what, what's going on with him. They talk about that a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, Damon, Damon feels like it's mental. Um, what do you think about their, their, and I'm going to get into Dylan's call with this topic right here, uh, about mm-hmm. Steve, maybe, you know, kind of being just being very negative towards Eli sometimes. Do you do you think he's just got has a little bit of a grudge against Eli or something like that? No, I don't personally. Yeah. Uh, knowing Steve and knowing what who and what he does have grudges against. Uh, no, I don't think he has a grudge against Eli. <laughs> what I think he has is a puzzle, uh, kind of a puzzling. Kind of how do we explain this? You know, yeah. Eli Tomac is he's he's a he's kind of the uh, modern day. Jekyll and Mr. Run Off and Hide, right? <laughs> so, so he he, uh, I, I think I think Eli's situation I think is a little bit. I would say his issues are mental slash physical, and I would think Ken Roxon's issues are currently physical slash mental. And uh, and I think we all know when we, regardless of what level we ride at, when we go to a track and we can't explain why that today, man, it clicks, and it might click in that you're a mid pack novice rider but it clicks and you're mid-pack novice and the next time you ride you might not click and you may be back at the pack novice but some things we just can't explain and it happens and I, and I think it's kind of for the most part mental and then that in that um impacts the physical and i personally i think that's a little bit more with uh with with, with eli i think it's not so much arm pump but mind pump and then uh and then with ken having gone through what he's gone through I think he's still digging himself out of a little bit of a physical hole, but man, I, I think I think uh, I think Ken has such a mental strength that I, I see him winning races and, and and fighting for championships next year. Yeah, I agree. And with the Eli conversation, I said Dylan calls in again. Um, Dylan really feels like Steve has a grudge against Eli. He feels like you know they they don't have the same standard of you know like basically they're saying Kenny is getting a free pass because. He, they keep talking about this injury, and well, that, they blame everything on those, his big injuries. But he he brought up Eli's shoulder injuries, um, and Dylan has been a hot topic on Twitter, and um, apparently there's some voicemails coming in about Dylan. Um, you know, Dylan's just a, a fan who is expressing his opinion. But Brad, what what do you think about Dylan and his passion for Eli? 
Uh, well, clearly the kid, uh, he's, he's got himself a favorite rider. That's yeah. uh, about as clear as, <laughs> clear as day. Um, and, and honestly, yeah, I've been there. If you're like, there's when I'm growing up, like the, the, I honestly, um, I thought the fastest rider in the world was Darcy Lange. And, uh, and unfortunately for me, uh, my little world of Canadian moto, uh, didn't always include, uh, the American side of things. I come to find out that, uh, Darcy, I don't think ever finished a, na- a national on the lead lap. Uh, and, uh, I don't think he had a time. I don't think he scored a whole lot of points. <laughs> Other than that one uh, magical year where he uh, filled in at uh, at Pro Circuit, um, so I, I totally connect with uh, with a young guy who clearly has uh, uh, he, he's he's been fact checking about his favorite rider. Uh, he'll go to bat for his favorite rider and uh, and is not shy to go toe to toe with uh, even the great Damon Bradshaw about uh, um, uh, his feelings about uh, Eli Tomac and uh, like some part of his argument are pretty. Uh, well-rounded, and, and some of it are completely off the hip and, and, and coming from his heart, which uh, anytime that you uh, have great intentions and are, are uh, acting out of your heart, I think is a good thing. Um, I, I, I do wish he wouldn't talk over um, the, the host as much, but I think that's just sort of his passion taking over and stuff like that. Uh, I do see how some people might find it annoying, but uh, it's like all things with the fi- in a five-hour-long um, podcast, which I listen to on a weekly basis, uh, I'm fine to listen to it. And if I don't like it that much, there's about four hours and 55 minutes of podcast left to enjoy. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't worry about it too much. Exactly. And Josh, Josh called in during that call to say he was annoyed by Dylan's call. And I just want to give Josh a shout out because he actually gave me some support with the wrap up show. So thanks Josh for that. Uh, Randy, same, same topic, you know, about Dylan, uh, your thoughts on Dylan, uh, you, you've been in studio, you listen all the time. You've heard multiple calls from different people that aren't always great. Um, but what about Dylan? Dylan's a super fan of Eli. Man, I, he definitely, yeah, he definitely is. And, and I respect his passion, right? Someone might have a passion for Eli Tomac. Someone might have a passion for, I don't know, jazz music or tap dancing. I don't know, but, but whatever their <laughs> passion is, I respect that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I respect that. And, and he's definitely a, a Tomac super fan. And, uh, you, you can, you can hear that through, uh, through his calls and everything. So I personally have no problem with it. And, and here's the thing. If you don't like that part of, uh, if you don't like his call, there's that little fast forward 30 second button and you zip through it just like you do the commercials other than the Michelin commercials. Ooh, yeah, cool, but yeah. You just, you just, you just, you just fast forward. Don't, don't listen to the guy. Right? Well, so, who fast forwards to the commercials, man? That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, that's what I say. You don't don't do that. Don't yeah, do that yeah, exactly. But uh, well, um, no, but on the, but 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 here's ahead. the thing. What what I do like, and I've, I've shared this with Steve in the past, uh, and and getting off topic on on the individual callers versus multiple co-hosts, like like I shared with Steve. I think it's I think it was a blessing in disguise when when the situation arose that he needed to find um, rotating. Uh, co-host yeah because yeah i want to ask you guys someone, about that it could be, yeah it, yeah it could be someone that well, i don't like paul Lindsay, i don't like kenny watson i love kenny watson i love paul Lindsay, whatever so so now having that diversity in that and the diversity of callers someone may think uh it could be that boss who thinks my voice is annoying may also think that gringo's voice is annoying who knows right but but diversity and and makes makes it exceptionally cool there on the folk platform and i love it yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i had i had rotating co-hosts and, and progression of the show in my notes again as longtime listeners i'm sure even though maybe you didn't always listen from the beginning you've gone back and listened to a lot of the old shows 
Um, Brad, you and mm-hmm. I talked a little bit about it at Millville. What do you think about yes, the progression sir. of the show? Um, you know, you gave me some really good tips, and I, I gave I gave some credit for that last week on the drops, and I brought that stuff up. But what about the the way the show has evolved? What Steve's done with it? Like uh, it's evolved in length. It's evolved in uh, the entertainment value. Uh, I think that it's really gotten down to a refined science of uh, where Steve kind of he he knows what people are looking for. He knows what people are are looking to to want to hear as far as stories coming out and stuff like that. And yeah, I think he's gotten a lot better in his uh, interview style to uh, to just get straight answers out of people. He doesn't shy away from asking straight straight questions like uh, when he has. Uh, Dennis Stapleton on for a podcast and just goes straight for the jugular and talks about uh, like sort of the the uh, like dislike of, of some of the things that uh, the the orange helmet guys do and don't do um, and, and doesn't beat any bones about it. He, he talks about uh, his, he'll talk about guys like Dustin Hill and he'll talk about this that and that thing, um, but also just the way that the the the, uh, the show has evolved. Like we've come from uh, putting a, a decal wrap kit on a cooler and auctioning it off for, I think that was for Road for Recovery, if I'm not mistaken, um, mm-hmm. giving money back to privateers and, and different, like, we've, we've had contests, we've had trivia, we've had tits versus tits, we've had uh, different um, co-hosts come in and, and different opinions. Uh, you like, you almost forget that he had uh, Mike Mason <laughs> come on for, like, at least, like, he damn near 20 shows at, at some point in there as well. I think that's all the way back when Tits was still uh, um, doing the uh, the the producing right but uh it's just amazing to see how things have all come together uh i love the when the old drops come forward if i if i could make any requests i'd love to see that like uh shit don't matter to me if you don't pay my bills fuck you to come back <laughs> yeah to yeah. spray and yeah like that that stuff that stuff is maybe a little like like new pulp fans don't quite get that stuff but like right. yeah that's stuff, that's what makes pipe pulp awesome and made me want to continue listening and listening and listening when I was younger and still listen to this day. So uh, um, it, it's really to see, cool to see it uh, progress because, uh, like, I've always listened to a lot of sports radio. Um, I would I would honestly say that Steve, when he started doing the podcast and doing the interview, was not a natural at it as far as sentence structure and how we would ask, ask questions. Sometimes he'd ask, he'd ask multiple questions without letting the guy answer the first question, which confuses guests and stuff like that. He's pretty much dropped all of that stuff. He's really straightforward to the point, uh, and he's really cleaned up the whole performance. And uh, what you what that gets you today is a weekly episode, five hours long, and uh, you can just kind of sit back and, and dive deep into the sport of motocross. And mm-hmm. as moto fans we are, like, is that not the best thing ever? Oh, absolutely. And Randy, along the same lines, but I want to talk to you on a professional level with his progression and the way the show's come along. Being a sponsor with Michelin, um, you know, how how was that in the beginning? Was that something that was easy to decide, hey, I want to be a part of this? And and what have you seen? For, like, what have you recovered from it? What have you seen from sales or fans, you know, um, feedback from being a part of the Pulp Mech show? Uh, yeah, great question. And, 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 and I've said before, and I'll say again, uh, the 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 reason we are involved as a sponsor of the show is because initially I was a fan of the show and that, that's on a personal level, but I crossed over to a professional level. And, mm-hmm. and the reason why I'm, the reason why I am a fan of it is again, we could have read, we could have read some quotes from Damon Bradshaw, be it from 2019 or from 1992, right? Yeah. You read those quotes and, and you try to, you try to, 
you try to understand where his mind was or what he was thinking, right? But when you listen to the Fulcomex show uh, or interviews with those writers, you hear their, their emotion, their inflection. Their tone. So, so it's like you're sitting in on a bench racing session that otherwise you would have absolutely no privy to. Like, I'm the guy that used to call 1-900-MOTO-INFO uh, right. to, to find out who won a race in the 90s, right? So, so to sit in on this is amazing. So, so from a personal level, uh, I, I was already drawn to the platform. Uh, from, from a professional level for us, we were, we were introducing our Starcross 5 range, and uh, the, the, in the office the conversation was, all right, well, we know we're not, we're not involved in uh, top-level Supercross racing. That's a, that's a business decision at this time. And, and how, but how do we get some awareness for this new product? How do we get the message out there? And uh, I shared with, with uh, my coworkers and my manager that, look, there's this, there's this platform that exists. Uh, I know you guys, because you're not as in tune to Supercross Motocross as I am, but trust me, this platform is a phenomenal uh, marketing tool and communication platform to get our product out there. So for us, it's been exceptionally well when we've been able to give away products uh, with initially with the call-in on the show mm-hmm. and then leveraging that to the next level with uh, the Pulpmex Fantasy and giving away a set of tires each week to someone within within the uh, Pulpmex Fantasy League. So we've been able to get products, uh, get our tires uh, on, on riders' bikes and get some really positive feedback and product awareness that, that's not costing me 34 weekends on the year as it did in the early 2000s when I was managing our racing. So uh, it, it, it's, it's been a great platform for us, and we, we are glad to be a part of it and look forward to continuing that relationship. Absolutely. Let's talk about Jeff Stanton. He was the, uh, the first call-in guest of the night. Uh, I mean, it, just amazing hearing a guy like a, a legend like Jeff Stanton and a legend like Damon Bradshaw who battled it out, even on the basketball court, apparently, um, and listen to them discuss their battles with so much respect and, you know, admiration for each other. Um, that was the highlight of the night for me, I think, was the Jeff Stanton interview. Brad, what are your thoughts on Jeff Stanton? I know you're, you're like you said, you're a fan of that era for sure. That's what you cut your teeth on. What was that interview like for you? Oh, that's pure gold. Anytime you get six time on the radio, uh, it's it's a good uh, time to to listen. And he's just such a uh, he he explains the sport a lot better than than most uh, former champions do. I think that's one of the things that he probably does best. And especially now that like he's not tied to uh, a racing team, he's not tied to a specific racer. He can kind of loosen the screws a little bit. I think that's probably like the, the that was probably the highlight of his interview is that he's just kind of like it was uh um it was just it was a looser uh Jeff Stanton. I think that's uh um something that, that the fans really enjoy. Like uh uh Randy said, you're a bit of a fly on the wall yeah. as uh the two like between uh like Jeff and uh Damon sort of just go back and forth together and you can see he almost you can almost uh hear the, the the smile and their tonality where they're <laughs> yeah. kind of coming back and forth and they're, they're, uh, the, the, just reminiscing over that stuff. And yeah, like that, that's why people listen. That's why people, uh, closer to this podcast and, and continue listening to it. So uh, I was really impressed with the interview and I was mostly impressed with how, how much, uh, Jeff was able to open up and talk about some things. And I was actually, I was surprised that the, uh, they had very different, but similar, um, Feelings about missing uh, uh, motocross nations. I believe that was in '92 or '91. 
Yeah, I think 92. Yeah, yeah. 92, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, and Stanton said that was his biggest regret in his um, career, Randy. And, and that kind of hit me a little bit because I was like, man, you know, this MX of Nations thing has been such a hot topic. You know, we just got the team announced for this year. Very excited about the team going, but you you got to sit back and wonder if some of these guys are going to have those regrets at the end of their their year or their careers like Jeff's talking about, you know, and maybe some of these guys need to listen to some of the old timers, quote unquote, you know, and kind of see what it's like. Um, that that one was I was surprised by that, that uh, informa- information from Jeff. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I honestly I wasn't that surprised by by uh, by Jeff's viewpoint on it, but but the fact that Damon had a, a completely different or significantly different opinion that kind of surprised me, you know. And, and here's the thing in, in life in general, and I, I I share this with my son. I got a Randyism that we can't learn from our mistakes until we make them, right? So, uh, but but I see Stanton looking back, and he's he's a uh, iconic guy. He's you know has been involved in in motocross nations a number of times. So for him to share that and that and that candid uh, that candid emotional aspect of this is a sincere regret for him. Yeah, man. That, where do you, where else do you get that? I thought it was super cool. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. you don't go ahead, Brad. No, I was just agreeing. It's it's just impressive to see, and especially a guy who actually had that race on his bucket list and checked it off. Like we're not talking about an athlete who like had his one opportunity to go and turned it down in favor of trying to win a championship. We're talking about a guy who has gone to more cross nations, has been the champion, yeah. uh, and uh, and and honestly, like and his biggest regret is not going again. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. Uh, that really speaks volumes to the to the the just the value that that event uh, held to uh, to Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I and I, I'm sorry. I think that started dealing you there for a minute, but <laughs> I think that uh, that the, the world back then was a lot less political than it is now. Right? Yeah. So you didn't have conflicting. You didn't have conflicting uh, energy drinks. This that you had Camel. Supercross, which is cigarette, <laughs> and you had Coors Light Challenge. So you had you had one beer and one cigarette, and that's that's a pretty good situation in life, right? But uh, okay. but I think it, I think it was less political, and I think it was more individual based, right? So they didn't have the 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 corporate umbrella to hide under. Uh, we're not going, right? Right. So uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I think it's uh, I can see where Jeff takes that upon himself, and I think he's a man's man. I think he Agreed. owns up to his decisions, and is like, look, this may have been a mistake. I'm going to man up and say I wish I'd done that, and and I I, I have the the utmost respect for that. Absolutely, uh, and another highlight of this interview, we're going to get off Jeff Stanton here in just a second. Was um, I, I really enjoyed the story of you know eight years post uh, Jeff Stanton career, he goes out at and works JT and Nick Way at least for a little bit. That that was I just I could just see Jeff, or uh, JT's anger at, at, while this was actually happening and um and, and i love it i love his aggro response to things sometimes so. <laughs> hey, if, I'm, sure, I'm sure i'm sure if jt's dad frank had been there that day he would have given him the pit board uh, too slow pull off right, <laughs> right. So. <laughs> all right so the, after oh, this oh go ahead sure, Brad. Like that, that's when jt jt's wires cross in that scenario and uh uh as as maybe as frustrating as it is for JT, uh, it's infinitely entertaining for those of us who uh, uh, find that uh, oddly endearing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, they go to commercial break shortly after this, and I want to touch on something. Coming out of commercial break, they they play uh, Damon Bradshaw. 
picks the song. It's the first time it's happened in a while, which I think they need to bring that back. But does he lose any points for picking Post Malone, Brad? No, he doesn't. I actually really like that song. Okay. And uh, I, I love I, I love that it was unpredictable. Like, if that's it had sure. been Leonard Skinner, I would have loved it. But, like, that's just on brand, right? I love that it kind of came out of left field. It kind of showed you that there might be a little bit more to Damon Bradshaw than you thought you knew. And I think that's sort of, like, it created a whole other different layer. Like, wait a minute. Okay. Like, Bradshaw likes posts? Like, I could probably, like... Maybe I'd like to uh, put a little bit more of that on my Spotify. I thought it was pretty interesting. See, I didn't look at it like that at all. Fair enough. Randy, um, your thoughts on Post Malone? Well, okay, I don't know the difference between Post Malone and Carl Malone. But, exactly. Uh, but, 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 but when I heard that song, I'm like, oh, God. Hey, if Damon Bradshaw thinks that's cool, I got to look into it. <laughs> it's, just like when, it's just like when Rick Johnson, years ago, when Rick Johnson thought it was cool to put his life to beach shorts over his fox gear right i ordered a set i ordered a set of lights to beach shorts and and didn't plus size them so i wouldn't put over my fox gear but anyway um no I, I think it's cool and and i probably am part of the reason why uh guests don't get to choose their music anymore <laughs> because uh steve, steve is pathetic and lame and i apologize to you dark side if i offend you as well not at I'm all an equal opportunity offender but um uh, it, it, van hagar sucks and uh, so, so Steve's already Yikes. worried that I'm going to pick a jump. He's like, he's worried that I'm going to pick jump or a Van Halen song as my song. So uh, maybe that's why he started uh, picking his own. But I do love that. I really, really do love when he lets the guest pick a uh, a song because it gives you another. Again, it opens up another curtain to see behind the curtain of of what this guest host is about. Right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I was blown away. I'm like, who, who is this band? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Who's this band? I got to look into them. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a badass song. I liked it. Yeah. Okay, good. Cool. Fair enough. I, I, I'm very, uh, anybody that knows me, I'm pretty closed-minded when it comes to music. So, I, uh, but anyway, yeah. nobody cares about me. Hey, uh, hey, 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 don't, don't say closed-minded. Say very specific. There you, okay, that's a better, yeah, very that's more positive specific. spin. You, you know what you yeah. like, that's all. Yeah, that's very a more. Very focused, very focused. Much more positive spin. Positive. Yeah, um, very, very focused and very specific. So, Randy, I wanted to touch on with you a little bit. You know, every time you're on, I mean, you, you're in your your Instagram. You're a very, very funny guy. Uh, you always have quick wit, uh, funny stories, funny comebacks. Uh, is that something that you've kind of always had, um, or did that, you know, did you sort of start opening up once you were on the Pulp Show, or is that just always been part of you? No, I I took I actually took sarcasm in uh, vocational <laughs> school in high school, and <laughs> I love it. No, I you know I I don't know I I guess I've always been quick witted. Um, uh, I'm I'm very blessed with the genetic mix of my dad, which is sarcastic but quiet. Yeah, and and my mom who talks a lot. So uh, it's it's a mix of those two, and and I think that that's been part of my personality back to such a young, young age. And at times it's very helpful. I think that if you're having a conversation with someone, regardless of if it's a good topic or a bad topic, if you can make that a little bit of a, I don't know, an enlightened or a funny or, or uh, a fun conversation, it, the, the outcome of that conversation can be more fruitful, you know? And uh, so it's, it's, it's just part of my DNA um, call it a blessing, call it a curse, but it, it's who I am, and I don't, I don't, I don't see it changing. Yeah. Well, Brad, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, not going to ask who your favorite co-host of all time is, but where does Randy rank uh, as far as a, a co-host for you? 
Okay, so let's take a moment to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Randy Richardson. Yep. We're talking about a guy who uh, was uh, an integral part of the of like the rise of one Travis Pastrana, and even has mem- more than a few memorable quotes from probably one of the best motocross videos that came out in the late late '90s, early 2000s in Revelation 199. When uh, Randy goes ahead and says, "Like we're looking forward to winning some races, but unfortunately, when you work with Travis, that's just part of the deal." And um, like those are the types of things that's always kind of that like Randy's always been good for that sort of thing. Uh, I think he's probably one of uh, the more underrated co-hosts, just because um, yeah, he like Randy talks a lot, but believe it or not, he probably thinks more than he talks, and that's why he's always be able to come back, come back with those quick wits. And uh, and just like every good hockey game, he's he's quick with a punchline. So um, like when it comes to uh, having Randy on, he's absolutely one of my favorites, and uh, especially when he gets somebody that he can kind of gang up on Steve with, because it's <laughs> yeah. almost like a, a little, little bit of a, a locker room mentality. They, uh, they they start to pick on Steve, and uh, I don't know if he's a bit of a thin skin about that, or he's just kind of like he's easy target when it comes to that sort of thing. But uh, um, it, it, you get it with both barrels from. Uh, from Randy, and it's just uh, it's just pure comedy, and I think uh, it, like people are much good serves to uh, continue listen, like listen to when he when Randy comes on. And honestly, uh, it's no joke. We were talking not talking about it on Twitter a little bit. Uh, more people are going to listen to this wrap up show than probably any of the other ones, basically because Randy's on to begin with. So uh, um, we're in. Uh, we got some serious star power with us on this one here, guys. Yeah, I, I that's I got to get Randy on every week. Probably we'll see if we can get, start boosting some numbers. Mm, I feel like there's going to be some dinners that come up. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to eat. I might have to eat or breathe. Yeah, no, they didn't. Honestly, honestly <laughs> go ahead. I would say they, you know, they didn't fully listen to what I said in that moment, but uh, you know, they took it as ha ha. He's got to go eat <laughs> you, dinner. Yeah. But it was you, you did say he's you did say he's got to work dinner. Yeah, we had some team meetings. Our entire sales staff and marketing staff. We had some team dinners, and, and they took it as he's got to get dinner. And and here's the thing. Here's here's that kind of that that uh, if there's anything mischievous going on at work or mischievous going on, everyone think everyone looks at me as if I either planted <laughs> the seed or harvesting it or whatever. So yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. They they jumped and and I think it was either JT or it was JT. Wanted. That sounds. They said it sounds exactly like something Randy would say. And, right. And you know what? I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm honored to be associated with mischief, even when it's not happening. You know? <laughs> yeah, you get blamed for stuff even when you're not part of it. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Uh, one other thing I want to touch on with Dylan, the caller, and callers in general. Um, somebody complained. You know, or one of the, another guy calls in and said, "Why don't you hang up on these guys?" And Steve said, "Well, I used to, but people called me an asshole." Um, and I've mentioned this before, like Pookie, Steve, they're huge Howard Stern fans and Howard to hang up on somebody in a blink of an eye. Um, I think Steve letting people have their voice sometimes is good. You know, even if it annoys a lot of people, I, I mean, sometimes some you're people just like saying that you should hang up on you, man, come on. I get my man, Brad, you're giving <laughs> me a lot of hate tonight. Huh? Uh, I just like, wow. I know. Wow. I, I told Steve I was going to stop calling in because it's just you know I get I'm getting beat up on, but I'm not. I love to call in. I don't really don't you hey, care. Hey, yeah. call in anytime. You just you're not getting that work connection. Uh, yeah, yeah. Device, no okay? more. You're not, yeah. getting, <laughs> you're not getting a whole shot device. No whole shot device. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Dark side is not eligible, and that, that was Heather Kiefer, and you can't really argue with Heather. She's just too hot. No, can't do no, that, no, dude. no, no, no. Exactly right. <laughs> she, I, he, he, Heather, 
Heather Kiefer is always abreast of what's going on. That's for sure. So you have to respect yeah. what she said. Right. Oh, yeah. And I had no issue with that anyway. It became a thing and whatever. It's fun. And I'm going to call in. I, I say every week I'm going to continue to call in because I enjoy to do it. I really don't care what people think about my, my, my calls or the show. Uh, as long as Steve allows me to do it, I'm going to do it. So, uh, yeah, no, getting back to your sort of where this all started was you're talking about should Steve hang up on people and not yeah, hang yeah. up on people. I think it's, I think it's hilarious when he hangs up on certain people because then they deserve it. I also like it when he lets some people just rant because sometimes that's also hilarious. So honestly, I like, I'm not, like, if he hung, hangs up, I, he hang he has hung up on me way back in the day. <laughs> I don't call in, uh, uh, at all if, if ever anymore. Um, maybe that's because of that. Maybe I got my feelings hurt, but, um, it's, it's one of those things where I, I think it's his discretion. It's his show. And, uh, yeah, if his wife gives him shit about, uh, hanging up on people, that's one thing, but right. I, I, I'm really not, I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. And honestly, like when he's just like, yeah, okay, see ya, click. <laughs> and, uh, that's, that in itself is kind of funny. So, um, yeah. yeah. And and if and honestly, if you if you can't take it as anything more than a bit of a joke when he does something like that, and and you get butt hurt, you don't want to call in, then that's just uh, like it, that's just a bummer. So, uh, but yeah, like, like you, honestly, whether it be uh, like Steve hanging up on you or people giving you crap on the voicemails that we're going to talk about later, um, like you do it anyway. So like the newsflash for anybody that hates on uh, uh, Dark Side, there's no stopping Dark Side. He's like the Terminator. He's going to continue to do what he does. So like hate him, love him, whatever. It it literally doesn't matter. So that's right. Uh, I, I agree with you. And, and, and I'll share this. I'm going to apply some Steve Mathis uh, math right here. Cause we know, we all know how good he is at math. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so 10% of the people say he hangs up on people too much. Uh, 10%, say that he shouldn't hang up on them and the other 90 percent are good with it right so uh it's so, good math so here's the thing yeah that's steve mathis math. yes but, it is uh, um but but the thing is is it, it's, it's his platform right and and if if he tries to cater to every single listener from the the, the tens of thousands of people that listen if you try to make everybody happy you'll 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 you all you'll do is make yourself miserable right so right so run your platform run your platform and i say the same thing to you dark side i i i truly truly respect what you're doing on your own personal you know motor x pod uh, platform and and doing this i think it's a cool opportunity for for you and others like uh like brad and i to get online and talk about uh the pulp mech show which we're, we we agree we're all fans of yeah and uh and here's here's the thing dude if you if you don't like listening to it uh click to i don't know i'm not political but click to cnbc or click to cnn or click to fox whatever you whatever floats your boat get it float yeah. right but, right and a big thing, I, one of the big complaints I hear about this show in particular is like, don't put it on the Pulpomex feed because it automatically downloads. And I'm like, you know what? I, I listen to all the moto, most of the moto pods. I listen to Brad show, Big MX. I listen to uh, DMXX. I listen to Main Event. So do I. But every once in a while on some show, and even in the non-moto shows I listen to, there might be a guest that I'm not into. So I just don't listen to it. Yeah. I don't. It doesn't matter that it downloaded to my phone. Or or my same iPod. Thing here. Just don't listen. Exact same thing here. Yeah, there's yep. just so much. People are so negative, and we see that in social media. We don't even need to get into that again. But I, it, I think it's just people get off somehow on being negative and bringing other people down. But something that's not negative, and I'm going to gargle right here, is fly racing. So having oh God. have uh, what do you mean? Oh God, 
having JT and Max and, of course, Damon F. and Bradshaw in studio talking about the 2020 stuff was awesome. But the best thing that's going on with Fly right now is that Steve Mathis of Fly Racing is giving away a uh, formula helmet. All you got to do is email contest at pulpmxshow.com, and you could win the best helmet on the market. How rad is that? I mean, come on, uh, Randy, you guys give away tires. That's an awesome thing. Uh, no, absolutely, and 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 here's the thing. So, so here's where my call it alliance with uh, with Western Power Sports goes. So, so for Michelin, corporately speaking, our products are distributed by in the U.S. by Parts Unlimited and Western Power Sports, and both of those are very important customers to us. Um, Western Power Sports was my customer when I was in sales from 2005 to 2016. So. Everyone from Craig Shoemaker, Terry Baisley, all the way down to the local reps that, that I have a great relationship with. Love that customer. Um, but, yeah, that helmet is phenomenal, and I, and I want to give a, a, a kudos kudos to, to Jason Thomas. Um, back, in, back in March, I was going to race the Sand Blast Rally, which is a rally on sandy dirt roads. I was going to race my Husqvarna 701, and, and the winning average speed for the previous year was around 61, 62 miles an hour average on dirt roads, sandy nice. roads. So I reached out to JT and I said, Hey man, I've got, I've got several F2s. Uh, I know this new formula is out. Um, how much better is it? Here's what I'm doing. Uh, what do you think? And he goes, absolutely. That's the best thing we have on the market. Um, yeah, I would definitely, that would be much, much better. And I asked, uh, I asked JT, can I get a medium? He goes, ah, we, our containers aren't here yet. So, so Jason Thomas asked, what he asked what size that's what a medium he sent me because the weather was cold in boise uh he sent me his personal uh formula helmet and so that just goes to speak to the quality of person jt is and not only to give up something that was his but also to look out for for my safety and put me in the best product that they have on the market and uh it's awesome that's the only thing i ride with now yeah, same here, same here. Um, now, Brad, I heard you kind of comment a little bit. What are your What are your thoughts on my gargling of fly racing? Not Not so good. I, I honestly, I, I just like the the gargling is is uh, like I, I just think it's it's funny. I was more or less just trying to uh, toss in a little bit of a okay. a, a good grief uh, to almost like a uh, a Charlie Brown oh good grief yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, like like fly racing, they they do an amazing job with uh, with with the pulp show they've given like there's there's a ton of people who wear brand new gear because of the pulp show who would otherwise not be wearing brand new gear uh because of how much they've won and uh yep. and and you dark side you know uh there's people out there who are diehards in the pulp show like all three of us are and they go head to toe on this stuff in fact yep. they go head to toe and all the way through their bike when it comes to, to pulp stuff uh they're they're getting the uh the ecus and the exhaust system mm-hmm. and the tires and the w wheels and everything if they if they can even if they can't buy new wheels they get their they send their stock hubs over, over to uh, to w and get them relaced and stuff like that uh people really buy in to that whole brand and honestly it's like a lot of it has to do with it because it's a free podcast it uh, delivers thousands of hours of uh, of entertainment over the years, um, and uh, it's sort of a way of like a, like a collective thank you, a give back to uh, to Mathis, who who does all that hard work and uh, gets the interviews uh, that we all want to hear and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, like Fly Racing, they do an amazing job, uh, like just working with uh, JT the number of times that I have, 
and just how quick they are. And same thing with Max Steffens. Like Max has made me up uh, some jersey lettering stuff over the past and stuff like that. And yeah, no questions asked. Gets it out the next day, if not the next uh, the, that same week. And I'm always really impressed with those guys. And uh, and they just in the last like five years that they've been on the Pulp Show, if not a little bit more than that. Uh, the gear, uh, as far as fashion goes, like I'm a huge fashion guy in the sport, uh, they've made huge leaps and bounds. So uh, if it's a product that performs well and it actually happens to uh, make me look pro while I'm going slow, then uh, <laughs> that's just another feather in my cap, and I can be a big fan of that. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 let me jump on yep. there and tell you for a second. So so having sure. uh, that, having been my customer for quite some time, I, I would agree with you that, that they've made huge, huge strides in, in fashion. Uh, the only thing that that's been exceeded by is function. And, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, having managed our supercross and motocross racing, I've got some Subway Coca-Cola Honda uh, jerseys with uh, Jason Thomas and James Pavoni on them. And I, and I promise you, I promise you that fly racing jersey from 0345, I promise you mm-hmm. that jersey weighs the same as a light hydrogen pants jersey <laughs> glove. Now, so, yeah, I believe so, it. Uh, yeah, you know I mean? maybe a helmet sometimes, on top. Hey, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes on a cold, uh, sometimes on a cold winter night, I'll throw on one of those jerseys as, as instead of a sweatshirt. But, uh, <laughs> so they've made they've they've made huge strides, and and not only you know not only with with fly racing, but with their firepower, uh, their house brands of products, um, and and all of their. Uh, vendors that they represent, all the brands, they, they, their sales reps do a phenomenal job, and they're truly salesmen. They're not order takers. All of the Western Power Sports uh, sales reps are, are sales salespersons, and, and they yeah. do a phenomenal job. Well, we're we're starting to get run. We're about to hit our hour mark, and there's so many things we haven't touched on. I was just on. about to say we're about to break the rules big time on this thing. Yeah, and I don't want to keep hey, you guys. No rules. Hey, okay. Hey. Hey, there's no rules because guess what? You talk about the X Grand Terrell, 15 seconds. 30 now. 30 seconds. So, look, if you want to be critical of 30, hey, fix it, Steve. Fix it. You, right. It's not like you don't have the money to fix it. Yeah. Fix it. Well, let's get into tired. some more things that happened in the show. First of all, there was a, a lot of talk about the rookies this, this week, last weekend at Unadilla. Um, so if you guys want to go back and listen to that, we're gonna, you guys go back and listen to all the of Bradshaw's opinions on the rookies and training, lots of the good stuff. But I want to talk about Cole Seeley. Um, this was mm-hmm. kind of, for me, it was a great interview, but it was a bummer. Um, I really, really like Cole, um, his reasons for retiring. He talks a lot about those and just losing the willingness to push the envelope. I thought were very impressive for him opening up like that. Uh, but yeah, it kind of bums me out to see him go, Randy. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and here's the thing is having been, uh, having been disconnected from the racing, you know, the, the actively involved in racing since end of 05, um, Cole Seeley and a number of the other younger riders, I, I, I just don't know personally, but, but uh, being older and having a sense of people's personality and who they are as a person, I think, I think Cole Seeley is a phenomenal rider. I think that he's, uh, he's, he's done a great job. I think he adds value to the series. Um, so yeah, it sucks. I, I hate to see someone, uh, go out in that way, you know, with an injury, but at the same time, I, I, I fully, fully respect the guy's decision. And, uh, man, I, I think that his, his, uh, broad reach of what he likes doing with drifting cars and, mm-hmm. and custom builds and so on. I think, uh, I think his, uh, his alliance with Troy Lee designs, his alliance with, 
with some other platforms. Hopefully, Honda. Hopefully, they'll continue to move forward. If they if they don't if they don't partner with him on whatever he's doing, moto related in the future, that, that's that's a missed opportunity. So uh, yeah, I wish him the best. He's a super cool dude, and I look forward to following what what his next chapter entails. Yeah, I, I agree. And Brad, like again, with your show, Big MX. Uh, you interview guys all the time. How many riders do you think would openly say, you know, man, I just I lost the willingness to jump that, or you know, um, I, I and I don't, you know, I never wanted to be the guy to just be a tenth place and collect a paycheck. Um, that that was very, you know, very open and honest. That's I think that's rare. I, I, it is rare, but I also think that there's an echo in here. If you listen uh, back to the first podcast that came out, the first pulp show that came out right after Kevin Windham, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically uh, on the line said, yeah, I'm, I'm not racing. I'm not doing this stuff anymore. Uh, what was a couple of races into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, he said exactly that. He, like, th- those are his exact words. That I'm not willing to do this anymore. I'm not willing to go to the lengths that I once was. And, um, and and hung up the boots for that reason. And then uh, only a few later, years later, uh, Trey Kennard comes on the show and says the exact same thing. And I think That's that true. is really what makes these guys um, finally like lay down their sword and hang up their boots uh, to say that they, they're not going to be a professional motocross racer anymore. Uh, they still love the sport. Obviously, they're still fast, and they're within the top uh, probably 10 that do it in the entire world. Um, but the willingness to to go to that one percent is uh, is just uh, it's not there anymore. And I think in the case of Cole Seely, and I think Steve agreed with this as well, that uh, he basically he had started to build up a brand that was so relatable and so renowned among fans that uh, racing to develop that brand any further. The the, the the building had been done, the foundation was laid, and uh, that allows him to move forward and connect with fans like never before and really give them that one-on-one uh, experience that they wouldn't otherwise get if he continues racing. So uh, I think this is a huge uh, boon for Honda if they continue with them. I think it, it, it's an uptick for Cole as far as his ability to connect with fans that uh, love him so much because he's a, uh, he, he, he makes being a Pro motocross racer look like a fun job to have, and I'm always a big fan of guys who make being a pro racer look like a fun job to have. Right on. I could could not I could not agree with you more. And it's like I say, there's always enough time to have a good time, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and and, and, and Cole does that, and I and I think that's awesome. And I, I thought it was really cool, uh, kind of kind of ironic, but cool that that you had Bradshaw in studio. Who, okay, maybe his reasons. For, for hanging the boots up were a bit different. Maybe he was burned out as opposed to injury related. But but uh, but Damon was able to reflect on his his decision, and and it was like both of them, uh, along with Kevin Windham, as you mentioned, they could have ridden uh, top five or top ten, and and each of them in their situations could have made hundreds of thousands, arguably millions of more dollars, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mailing mailing it in. Right and 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 those guys they they weren't uh, they admittedly they weren't uh, ready to send it anymore but at the same time they weren't going to mail it in and you got to respect someone's transparency and someone's uh, authentic uh, opinion on that. Yeah, so. I mean Cole said that there were even other offers on the table if Honda wasn't going to re up yep. and he still yep. was willing yep. to walk away. That says a mm-hmm. lot about his integrity. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. In the in the world today, in the world today, we have so many people that sit behind a keyboard or or or, or <laughs> yeah, we do. tweet a comment or whatever, right? Put it up. Put it up on my face, whatever. Anyway, but so many people, they, they're so quick <laughs> to, to, to 
yeah, put it up on my face, yeah. But they uh, uh, they say an opinion of how they would handle it, right? Yeah. You, you you don't you don't have to agree with someone to respect someone, right? Right. And 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 you know, so someone's decision, you, you can respect it and go, well, you know, if I was in that position, uh, I would do it differently. Well, well, maybe you're not in that position, so respect that person's decision and 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 move forward. Find find another person to cheer for, right? Yeah, it's it's very easy to comment from the outside. Oh, it's so it, it definitely is. It definitely is, and that's you know. And, and jumping back, I had a thought earlier um, when you were talking about the the flow of Steve's show, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, and and how it's progressed and how it's evolved and what have you. So you know, I occasionally I'll scroll back to show eighty or go listen to a show that I haven't listened to. You know, and and the yeah. one, of course when 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 Tony goes ballistic, uh, <laughs> Laser Gate. That's one of my favorite shows. You know what I mean? And if there's nothing else, I listen to Laser Gate. Uh, huh, what now? I think it's two thirty-seven. Two thirty-seven. I think you're correct. Uh, yeah. And and uh, but but the point is is that I think there. And again, I, I I try my my objective is to do a better job tomorrow at Michelin than I did today at Michelin. Right. So so I learn from my mistakes. I try to better myself. I try to keep progressing and 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 keep doing a better job. So there's a lot of people who who. Not to be a jerk, but you may have been on aisle 17 at Home Depot, and you couldn't help someone with what was on aisle 12 at Home Depot back when you started at Home Depot, right? Right. So right don't okay. Be I'm critical. with you. So, so don't be critical of uh, don't be critical of Dark Side in the fact that his flow of his per- his his podcast may not be the same as Steve's. Guess what? Steve sucked when he first started, <laughs> right? But we we all get better at we all get better at things that we have a passion for, and we. Uh, we strive every day to get better at right. So that's uh, yeah. Don't be so critical. If you don't if you don't like it, listen to something else. I appreciate those comments. Um, hey, so during yeah. the Col- yeah. during the Cole Sealy uh, episode, Steve brings up something that's been a topic over the last couple of weeks. Steve's completely wrong in this discussion. So I want to get both of your opinions. Brad, better movie, mm-hmm. Top Gun or Days of Thunder? It's honestly, uh, it's it's a close uh, between the two, but I'm going Top Gun. Okay. I, I just I I love military movies and uh, and fast air, so go for it. Anchorman. <laughs> that wasn't not, an option, not Anchorman. Not, the time, yeah, not, every time. Yeah, not the second one. Anchorman, the original. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anchorman is better than Top Gun and Days of Thunder, but Steve's one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm not arguing, but uh, but yeah, Steve's wrong. Days of Thunder is not better than Top Gun, so uh, we're going to move on. I just want to get everybody's opinion and make sure that Steve <laughs> knows he is wrong. Hey, how about the fact that yeah. we had no Will Hahn call this week? I w- was waiting, and it never happened, Brad. Did oh, like, forget no no Will Hahn calls? Did like did, was Marks playing an epic amount of the excite bike this weekend because or was he just like had stage fright from using to use any drops during the podcast okay. that was probably one of the only things that was missing from the podcast or that we have super regular is i i think uh Mars is a little bit gun shy with uh using those drops he may have been because well he, let me let me let me go Randy. let me interrupt just for a minute yep uh you you guys the, the older listeners will get this but uh there's the old the old advertising you know when uh when ef hutton speaks people listen right so there's the old when ef hutton which was a financial advisor when ef hutton speaks people listen. so when damon bradshaw speaks people listen 
Right? Hell yeah. So I'm sure. So I'm sure that 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 Travis was listening, right? And and there weren't any uh, drops because he was listening to Bradshaw and and, and respecting that. So I, I think that's part of what was going on, right? It's it's it, uh, he's he's not the typical goofball Randy Richardson in the studio. You've got you've got Damon F and Bradshaw. Let's see what this guy's got to say. So that's my thought on it. Yeah, I, I definitely. Was... And I, I think that a lot of the, the drops include kind of like show inside jokes right. that would have maybe alienated uh, Bradshaw to a point where he's like, what, what does that mean? Or what, what's that in reference yeah. to? So, yeah, probably for the best that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the show, this was a little different show than normal, like you guys are kind of mentioning, just, uh, you know, with having somebody like that in, you know, like the like show 200, show 300, uh, you know, show 400 coming up. Uh, there's just a little different, a little special when certain people are in there and they have to be handled a little different. And I think everybody wanted to just hear Damon's opinion, Damon's stories, and they probably could have done a whole show without any call-in guests. Having Jeff on, having Cole on was great, but the show would have been fine without those those call-in guests, I think. They could have just told stories all night long and, and nobody would have stopped listening. Yeah, I agree, but at the same time, I think that 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 uh, contrast of personalities, that contrast of, of careers, but yet that, that parallel of relationship and personality between between uh, Six Time and Damon, I think, added value. And I think the whole thing with Cole and and his choosing to retire mm-hmm. and, and Damon choosing to retire for different reasons, there's a parallel there. Sure. And I think that, that oh, yeah. I think that added some added some meat to the potatoes and uh yeah. I, I, I think so. I, I think that I'm not saying that Will's phone call would have been a distraction um, in any way, shape, or form because I think, and I keep telling Steve, you got to call that the Will call. So anyone who's ah, ever nice. picked up tickets at a Supercross, it's Will call. Yep. You got to call it a Will call with uh, Will Hahn. Will call with Will Hahn. But um, I, I, and that's one of the things going back to the the rotating co-hosts, um, the core personality of of, of Steve of the Pulp Mech show can. Uh, continues to be the same, but put a little different spices on it each week, right? Give it a little different flavor each week. The 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 core show is there, and then uh, tweak it each uh, each show. And I, that's one of the things I like about it. The the variety and diversity is awesome. Right. Well, let's start. Uh, we're gonna start wrapping this thing up a little bit. Uh, a couple. One topic. This is a wrap up. Well, we're gonna wrap up yeah. the wrap up. Let's show. wrap up the wrap up. We're not clippy clipping it. And we're just I, wrapping I, it up. And the, yeah, yeah, wrap it up, and, I, and I'm going to start a I'm going to start a wrap up wrap up show uh, podcast uh, next week, where I'm going to do a wrap up show about the wrap up show about the show. So um, yeah, I bet you don't get any negative you guys calls. Do what now? I said I bet you don't get <laughs> any <laughs> negative calls. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm sure I will. So I, I, I get on my own nerves at times. So it's okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So one tweet in particular before we get to the voicemails, I want to talk about was. Does for Dylan Ferrandis's riding style transfer to the 450s? Steve says yes. Uh, this last week on main event, Daniel says no. That's why I kind of, you know, we got two polar opposite opinions. I'd like to get your opinions. Um, I think Dylan's going to have a hell of a career on a 450. Uh, Brad, I'm going to let you go first. Um, I would tend to uh, agree that uh, he is uh, a pretty aggressive style on the mm-hmm. bike, so I think he might get uh, toned down a little bit. Um, I, I find the, the Europeans seem to have their heads wrapped around riding the bike a gear higher as, as something that they can subscribe to. So maybe that's something that helps him uh, make that transition. But uh, for, by all accounts, 
most people say that he sort of that uh, Dylan uh, kind of wrings the neck off of that Yamaha, that uh, and then really uh, is is something that. 450s are known to not respond well to. So uh, from that standpoint, I'd say that he may struggle with that one part of it. But we've also seen the 450 uh, in, in like maybe cases like uh, Tim Ferry, who every time they went to a bigger bike, their career was elevated. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that Dylan except may find, find himself in the – except for Mike Brown. Except Mike Brown stayed on a 125 and In fact – that's true. In fact, I think Mike Brown might may have even been even more special if he would have stayed on Super Minis or something like that. Um, but but uh, no, I think that that's uh, something that may very well fall into uh, into place for Dylan. Um, although I I think that Dylan is quite uh, he's he, he's getting up there in age as well. Like, I think he's twenty four, twenty five, uh, if not a little bit older than that. So mm-hmm. his years of, of of being a dominant or uh, a contender on a 450 will be somewhat numbered based on the fact that he had almost a pretty much a almost a full 250 career over uh, over in Europe before coming here. Randy, what are your thoughts on uh, is is Mathis right? Is will Dylan have a good 450 career? Hmm. Man, you know, I, I don't I don't think that the Omaha. Uh, 450 platform. It's not like a ride at Six Flag. It's not like you must be this tall to ride this ride. But, but I think that the, the bike suits a taller rider. I'm not sure Dylan's uh, height, but uh, but I will say this. I think that he's a bit of a uh, meticulous, um, meticulous and 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 uh, precise rider, similar to similar to Marvin Muscan, similar to Bale, similar to Christoph Purcell. I, I think that Dylan Ferrandis will. Will adapt more quickly to the 450 than than some other riders. Um, I think he has a promising career. I really do. Um, I, I res- and, and I respect his the way he approaches racing, the way he ap- d- dissects and yeah. and and attacks a track. So I, I think he'll do fine on. I think he'll do fine on 450. I think I think Adam Cincerillo will as well. Yep. Um, and and that I think he'll ride a 450 very well. Uh, just, it's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things to be determined. So for sure. All right, couple quick yeah. questions. Oh, I think ahead, there's Brad. a shorter list of guys that I, I think there's a shorter list of guys that are hurt by going to a 450. Like unless you're just a really small dude, but uh, yeah, Carmichael, Stu, uh, Jeremy, even uh, and Villapoto, I think are all under five nine. So uh, yeah. we're not talking about giants here. Um, like but, I'm sure. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you could put a throttle on either a freight train or a, or a Learjet, and Ricky Carmichael would ride that thing to the front. There's no yeah, doubt. Exactly. <laughs> so much. So including much a, uh, a 19, yeah. uh, including a 1998 uh, KX125, which uh, on my show Chad Bot called uh, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. I think. <laughs> yep. Yep. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he used Caster 927 from Maxima at that time, so that's basically the X factor. <laughs> There, um, but uh, yeah, you, you were going to say uh, Darkside. Uh, I was going to say I got one question each for you. There are separate questions about the show. Uh, Randy, what's your favorite guest all time? Wow, wow! I, I, mean, I probably should have given you a heads up on these, but I, I would rather. Yeah. I want to see what the yeah, first thing that for, came to mind was. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah, you're um, welcome. You know what? You know what? I, I uh, 
I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form JT waffling on this. Waffle, 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 waffle. I, I don't have a favorite anything. I don't have a favorite color. I don't have a favorite okay. food. I don't have a favorite song. Um, again, I, 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 I cherish and embrace the diversity of the show. I love it when, when, uh, when different people call in because we, we hear the personalities of each individual, and I think it adds to the value of the show, right? It's like asking, what's your, what's your favorite vegetable and vegetable soup? I don't know, but I <laughs> love I freaking love vegetable soup, right. right? It's not the carrots, it's not the potatoes. I like vegetable soup, so uh, I'm I'm not waffling. Uh, it's political I don't have a favorite. Answer. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the melody. It's the melody. It, 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 it is. It's how it really all comes is. together. It's yeah. the symphony of Pulpum X that that makes it what it is. It's not one specific piece. I like that. I, yeah. I really like that, Brad. That was very uh, that was very epic uh, response. But you still get another question. What was your favorite show? Yeah, but hey, hey Brad. Brad, you did a much better job of saying what I was trying to say, so thank you. <laughs> Brad, what was your favorite show all time? Show Epis- all episode time. Number. Yeah, oh, episode. Lasergate. Lasergate. Uh-huh. Let me say that one. Lasergate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, honestly, it's got to be Lasergate. Okay. Uh, I go back and listen to that one more often than not. I do love show – was it show 100 with uh, – um, with the Great Western Bank team when yes. they came in, that yes. was yes, that was epic. I've listened to that like probably twelve, fifteen times easy. If I'm ever bored driving, I'll throw that one on. And uh, there's actually there's one where uh, early early in the podcast where um, Brian Deegan comes on and he's arguing with Hot Sauce and. Um, and Kenny, and that one was pretty epic. Uh, and, and pretty much any of the ones where uh, Kenny was giving a hard time to, to Paul Lindsay, who had extremely thin skin, and that was just pure entertainment. Um, yeah, so it, 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 there's maybe in my podium of, of ones. I think Lasergate has to take it because I think at the same time that's also DV was in studio, and that's like that's not like wake up super cross. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's probably like. Thirst drops that came out of that episode. Yeah. Um, it, that that is a great episode, tip to tail. Like you don't even have to be. It has like all the information of it is completely irrelevant to anything happening in motocross right now. <laughs> I might listen to it tonight. That's awesome. Okay, <laughs> let's get to these voicemails. Um, right off the bat, Steve plays the wrong voicemail. So clippy, clippy, Steve. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I wanted to do? Very if I, unprofessional. If, here's. I, I, I honestly think that what I want to do is start not a podcast, but a, I don't know, a blobcast, whatever. But I want to, like, listen yeah. to the Pulp Mech show and insert my own little one-liners uh, that, that, that pop <laughs> yeah. in my mind. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? so, so, yeah. So, so when they started playing that question, I immediately want to go ask about uh, Ken Roxon's suit at A1. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because, because the timing was months off, years right, off. Right, right. So, yeah, so I was like, what the I hell is going on? Yeah, <laughs> but but that's just you know the unprofessionalism unprofessionalism of Steve Mathis just doesn't have his his stuff mm-hmm. in order and poor Travis, you know he doesn't know he just plays what he's told and it didn't work out. But uh, once they got to the right voicemails, um, you know the only one I really remember was um, them talking about you know how great my sh- the the wrap the wrap up show is and they should let it go. I, I don't know that there were any others that really mattered. Uh, um, Am I wrong? Did, did I miss something, uh, Brad? This, this is the part in the show where uh, the 
like you, you really have to have like a the water off a duck's back yep. uh, mentality. Um, yeah. There's some rude things that were said uh, about Darkseid, and and like people can argue whether or not our, uh, Darkseid could organize a piss up at a liquor store or organize a two car parade. Um, but it's it, the reality is is that uh, Darkseid's passion for this is just absolutely bottomless. Um, and it's, also, it's sort of become, like, people want to start, like, who's going to come in and, and give, like, the best, like, it's almost become a, a game of who's going to leave the most scathing uh, <laughs> voicemail. So, like, a, a lot of these people, like, they, they seem to bitch about it, but they don't really seem to be that, like, that annoyed by it. Like, like I said, we've said three or four times during this show, you don't like it, don't listen to it. It's not a problem. Yeah. I haven't listened to every single one of the wrap-up shows. I might not listen to this one. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's probably advisable for the year poison that I've been spewing out. Um, but in all reality, like, uh, the, the voicemails that I took away, the one guy actually seemed to be pretty informed on, uh, vasodilators and how they affect the human body was pretty impressive. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, like the, the negative thing, like the, the Australian guy rip, ripping on, uh, the show about the show about the show, like, okay, like, even if, if there's not a show about the show, Every single one of us is going to a track on a Wednesday or a Thursday night when we aren't recording the uh, wrap-up show. I should be writing right now, Dark Side. Um, and, uh, and going on the tailgate and talking about the show. Like, like hey, did you listen to Pulp this week? Like, oh, yeah, they talked about it. Like, oh, isn't Steve such an idiot? Or isn't it funny when JT calls Steve an idiot? Or all that fun stuff. So, like, that's what us fans like to sort of we, – we almost bench race about the show, you know? sort of how this birthed uh, a show about it. And I think that's why we have a lot of different people giving their opinion. And that's sort of like the, the community of it. And that, that that's what's sort of uh, what connects us all, allowing fans to just become so immersed within the brand and to connect with it. And uh, if you like listening to the show, I hope you like listening to the show. But it's more pulp content. It keeps more across on a top of mind awareness where you're thinking about Moto. And if you're on this podcast, maybe you flip on over to BTOsports.com and you pick out some brand new fly gear. And by the time you're done listening to this, it's already on its way to your house with some free shipping. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's good times, good people, Kelsey. And we keep going with it. And don't worry about a dark side. Yeah, uh, no one's like. Like I said, people can say every single mean word in the book to you. I don't think it bothers you, and uh, uh, and, and and half the time you misinterpret what they're saying. So it's totally fine. And uh, yeah, I think Randy would just echo uh, every bit of that. Where it, it's just all in good fun, and uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a yeah. Go ahead. It's absolutely, it's like it's like the old the old saying, you know, like like water off a duck's back. Well, I'm going to say it's like uh, it's like water off a dark side's ponytail. Right? <laughs> don't worry about it. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not and, uh, and no, and and and, go. and again, and and again, I I I uh, dark side. I've had the opportunity to 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 meet you at a couple of events and yeah. hang out and and chat with you some. And and man, w- here's what we share. We may have some differences of opinion, right? Uh, Van Halen, Van Hagar, whatever, right? But but we yeah, and, and I go to a concert. When we go to uh, when we go to a concert. Uh, my mullet is fake. Yours is real. But the thing is, is we can respect one another's passion. For what we believe in, and 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 if people will take a moment to look at their their common ground or their similarities or their shared passion, 
as opposed to their differences of opinion, they, they, we, we'll be a lot better off, right? It doesn't right. matter. Two strokes, four strokes, even though two strokes are better. Two strokes or four strokes, as long as you're riding dirt bikes, that's the main thing, right? So I think so. Um, let's, let's look at look at what look at what we have in common, right? And 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 I'm a huge advocate of of obviously Michelin. I would, you know, going on 29 years with the company, but if, if buying a different brand of tire uh, gets you engaged in motorcycles or, 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 or fuels your passion to go ride, I'm I'm good with that because then you're experiencing something that I love, right? And if it's a different brand of gear, you're experiencing something that I love, right? So we need to be a little bit more uh, a more open minded than narrow minded nowadays. So and yeah, less, I... and, and a more 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 complimentary and less critical. Absolutely. And I will say the one guy with a voicemail about have a poll on Twitter, please don't do that because polls always go negative. People are going to go negative on that. Let's not even do the poll. I wish he had deleted that, that particular voicemail. Um, hey, it's, 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 it, hey, in the world today, it's easier to be negative than yep. positive. Think about it. So I'm, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, a, Absolutely. I'm, a, I'm a 1.5 million miler with Delta. It's easier for me to email Delta about something negative that happened on my flight than something positive that happened, right? Yeah. So, it's human nature, and I, and I honestly, I'm 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 an eternal uh, optimist, and I try to be positive and everything, and Absolutely. and try to look at the, the you know I try I try to look at the the rainbow that's coming, not the rain that's in front of me. So um, I think a lot of people can learn from that, and and we should we should do that uh, regularly. Right. Well, and I appreciate both of your opinions on the show tonight. Even though Steve says the guest opinions don't matter, I think that's what. Oh, Steve sucks. Yeah. Steve Mathis sucks. Let's don't worry about what he thinks. Yeah, he's well, <laughs> he's hundred percent wrong. First off. First off, he's Canadian, okay? First well, off, so is Canadian. Brad. He doesn't know the difference. He doesn't know, well, no offense, Brad, but you can take that as a comment. And then uh, he doesn't, and, and Steve doesn't know the difference in North Carolina and South Carolina, nor does the caller that asked Damon Bradshaw, but what's your favorite track in South Carolina? Right, Did you not right. know that Damon Bradshaw is from North Carolina? But but anyway, I'm, I'm not going to be critical of the guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a pat on the back. So. All right, last mm-hmm. question, and then we're going to do BTO hot takes. Um, burning building. Steve has to rescue either Damon Bradshaw or Tim Ferry. Brad, who does he pull out? Tim Ferry all day long. Man, I disagree. Yeah. After last after Monday night, I think Bradshaw. So nah, he, he's sharing a box band with the dude, man. Like those that that that's yeah, yeah. that's like okay. thicker than blood right there. That's yeah. Yeah. He was uh I was just here, here's, go here's, ahead. here's the thing. I I, th- I think Tim Ferry as well because because he he was an outsider. And he was in, uh, just as just as I was, like so in 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 Atlanta Supercross 1990 when I sat up in the stands and took photos of Damon Bradshaw down on the track and 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 I have these printed uh, four by six photos and Damon looks like a freaking little dot on the photos, right? So I was a huge Bradshaw fan, but uh, so Steve was an outsider looking in there, right? Yeah. But with Timmy. He's 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 part of Timmy's success. That he, is true. He, you know, top privateer, top privateer, top privateer. Um, well, it's Nick Way, but but Bud's Creek third motor, second motor. Yeah, Bud's Creek third third motor. Don't mono. mention anything about that blown out uh, blown out packing. But but the difference is is he was in the he was he was in the stands with Bradshaw. He was in the trenches with with Tim Ferry. So I think Tim Ferry. No. Okay. Uh, once again, the Pulp MX show and the Pulp MX Rapid show really appreciate all the sponsors. I'm just going to name a couple of them WUSA, Guts Racing, Michelin Starcross Fives, Fly Racing, and of course, BTO spor- uh, Sports. And we're going to do the BTO hot takes right now. Brad, what is your BTO hot take? Uh, my, my first hot take is that this won't be uh, the very last 
uh, wrap-up show. Uh, I feel like this, uh, like, not just because I was a part of it, I, I think this is a bit of a, uh, a step in the right direction. Um, and and uh, maybe we saved Christmas on this one. But uh, uh, is that uh, uh, Adam Cienciarolo goes to the 450 class next year and uh, has it wins at least at least three three uh, Supercross races. Three. Wow. Okay. Wow. Randy, what's yours? Yeah. Wow. That, 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 I think that's more of a scorching take than a hot take. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I yep. thought about him today, the hot like take that BPO sports. sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Michelin Scorcher, which is uh, original equipment on 45% of the uh, Harley-Davidson's <laughs> manufacturer uh, to date. But anyway. Get that plug. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get that plug in there. Um, that's what she said. But um, in all in all seriousness, uh, hot take. I You know, I, I think that, one, I think this is the best uh, motocross-related uh, wrap-up show about a motocross-related show. I agree. For one. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you I, had that going for you. Um, yeah. And I, I was going to say that, that Cincerillo would win a race next year, um, both indoors and out. But, uh, but, uh, but Brad, you beat me to it. Um, that was my hot take. So, uh, okay. uh, two out of three can't be bad. Can't be wrong. Right. Well, so, I, I like, I like the first one about this being the best, uh, best moto wrap up show until Dylan starts one hey. about <laughs> main event. That's, that's like, Hey, that's like me being the fastest man in Piedmont. You know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's I, I got to pretend it's something to be proud of. So. Right. All right. So before I let you guys go, uh, anything else from the show, Brad, that you want to touch on uh, briefly? Um, well, I, first of all, I just want to thank uh, you, Darkside, for inviting me on to this. Uh, it's been uh, a thrill for me to come on and talk about the show that uh, has entertained me for, for years and years and, and given me a lot of enjoyment. And, and thanks to Steve for, for giving us the opportunity as fans to sort of bench race and talk about the show. Uh, we're, I'm used to talking to a lot of like uh, local guys about, about it, but mm-hmm. uh, I usually don't get to talk to uh, North Carolinans, South Carolinans, or Texans, or anybody else about it. So uh, it's pretty interesting uh, to get that point of view. And uh, before I go, I, I, I said I'd put him on, 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 on the spot, and yeah. I'm going to follow through on it. Randy Richardson. Do you yep. remember meeting me for the first time? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I'm an honest Chaparral, guy. I'm an honest guy. Uh, yeah, yep. at, out, out front of Chaparral, 2000. Uh, yeah, I, I was. You, you were waiting to go in and do a sales call, and me and my Canadian buddies were were wa- about to walk in, and I heard your voice, and I'm like, "Are you Randy Richardson?" And you're like, "Yes, I am." I'm like, well, "Dude, I." I Grew up listening to like Revelation one nine nine and ninety nine lives and wow. stuff like that, and that's how I knew the name. Or the I jokingly said, I jokingly said I don't because I, but but I absolutely remember that conversation. The the center stairwell, just uh, as you go inside, where they check your bag. Sure. Uh, and I do remember that. I can't remember. Remind me exactly. Was it before like? Was it before Glen Helen or in conjunction with a race that was going on? Because I know a lot of people would come down. Uh, it was prior the show to Anaheim too. Okay, A2. All right, cool, cool. I knew it was in conjunction with a race because I was making some sales calls. Uh, at that time, I would have been making some sales calls with Bobby Stumbo, one of the WPS sales reps who takes care of uh, Dave Damron and everyone there at Chaparral. I do remember the conversation. I absolutely do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I uh, I totally puppy dogged you a little bit. Well, by <laughs> too, like we walked all the way to the store, and you're like, "Well, I have to go to work now, so uh, you enjoy your shopping experience." And I'm like, "Okay, no. I rent." 
So yeah, that was uh, that was literally about six weeks before I started my own podcast. So that's super cool. Wow, that, that's super cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I, and I hope that I, I, I hope that I was uh, respectful and nice to you and, and engaging because uh, the situation is going. You know how it is. And and here's the thing: a lot of people who say uh, it's like uh, the caller uh, it was Tomo, uh, Tomo, Tomo, or the Homo. I'm not the sure homo. how to pronounce in, in Australian. The Homo, <laughs> who called in and said, "Yeah, I got my Bradshaw moment," and then the person behind me, and you walked away. Well, here's the thing, right? So people are so so critical of these of these highly paid athletes who who think their job is to hang out and talk to you, and that's a small percentage of what their job is, right? So so when 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 and I've been around Pastrana so many times. With Travis Pastrana would sign autographs with with people until the husband and wife conceived the child, and then he'd stay and sign an autograph for the child, right? So he would <laughs> yeah, say, no say signing autographs for everyone, but. But there's times when a handler or a manager pulls you away. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and I'm in no way, shape, or form that level. I just hope that every time I have an opportunity to interact with someone that, that I'm genuine and, and sincere. And I do remember that. I, I definitely do remember that. So. That's well, funny. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was great to meet you, and I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any closing statements, but uh, that, I, it was just a cool moment to finally, like, it's one of those things where you, you, you see a guy and you, you, you see how influential you've been with Dunlop and how dedicated you've been to it for a number of years. And uh, you just always seem like a really cool guy, and when you want to meet those people, you hope that they're going to be as cool as they, they seem, and you far exceeded the expectation, and uh, that was really cool, so. Now you said Dunlop, and I'm no Brock. I'm no Brock Glover, but but <laughs> I gotta call you out on that. But, Did I say Dunlop? Oh no. wow! I'm yeah. so sorry. I meant Michelin. That's of course. No, no. See, uh, he doesn't. Randy, he, Brad doesn't even know who you are. I don't know who you are. He, he, he thought, thought you were Brock Glover. He thought it was Randy Quaid. He thought it was probably Randy Quaid. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, All right, guys. No, 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 no. No, no here's no. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I, I appreciate that. And and again, when it gets back to it at the end of the day, and I, I have the opportunity, uh, the blessing to work alongside some some of the uh, elite level racers of this sport. You know, I've worked with with my job with Michelin, uh, not the other brand you mentioned, but uh, I've, I've worked with Sorry. with Travis Pastrana, Kevin Wynn, and Grant Langston, different ones, right? And and here's what the thing is, uh, you you can put someone on the pedestal, and 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 then later realize. That guy's a jerk, you know. Uh, or you can put someone on a pedestal and, and realize you have to be a great human being, and and that's what that's what it all comes down to. Regardless of which brand you're representing or what your racing accomplishments are, it comes down to each individual uh, as as to who they are as a person and and what they represent and what they bring to the table. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate both of you cool. coming on well, here. This has been fun, guys. Yeah. Half hour longer than we should have gone. <laughs> totally. Uh, I Honestly, as soon as I knew Randy was going to be on this and uh, me, who I have my own damn show, uh, and you, Dark Side, uh, I didn't think we were going to get uh, wrap it up in an hour. Uh, we probably do uh, a, a wrap-up show as long as the damn podcast is. But right. I really appreciate you guys uh, having me on and doing the, the whole deal and uh, uh, Randy for making it like an hour and a half out of your evenings, a whole lot more valuable an hour and a half out of mine. Uh, so that's huge. And uh, yeah, this has been a huge pleasure of mine. And I hope that people listened all the way to the end and uh, or have gotten this far. And, and if you haven't, you're missed out. Cause, well, yeah, uh, if they don't, uh, they're going to miss Hello Pookie. Yeah. So that's coming up next. Yeah, there you go. Hello Pookie. Hello Pookie. So Randy, thank you for and coming you- on. Brad, thank you for coming on. 
I, uh, I it means a lot to me that you guys would get on here with all the hate coming out of this for this towards the show, and it it means a lot to me to have you guys on. Thank you. It means a lot to me to, to it means a lot to me for you to take time to have me on your platform, and I wish you the best, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Stay tuned for Hello Pookie. That we're out of here. Right. Hello, Pookie is back again. Once again, we have the beautiful Pookie Mathis on the line. How are you, Pookie? Hello, hello. I'm good, bro. How are you? Doing good. How's the uh, the weather in Vegas today? Sunshine as always. Well, it's not always. That's you got every once in a while you guys get a little little rain, like right maybe on a Supercross finals night or something. It seems like just this crazy <laughs> rain, right? Yeah, or wind. That's yeah, really yeah. Terrible. Hey, how excited are you for this new stadium? I love it. Oh, my God. I told Steve just recently. You know, Steve is a big Raiders fan. Yep. And he could not care any less about the Raiders coming to Vegas, about the new stadium, nothing. He's really? not excited. He doesn't care because he doesn't watch live football games. So the fact that they're going to be five minutes from our house, it doesn't matter because he's going to be watching from home anyway. Huh. Plus, he's a little bit over the NFL, which is fine with me. I cannot stand football. I mean, uh. I like sports, but I don't like football. Um See, I told Steve the other day, it just it makes me feel so connected to the city somehow that I, because I drive by it every day to go to work, right? So yeah. it just makes me feel connected to the city of Vegas to see it being built and coming together and that it's exciting because I remember how exciting it was when the night started. And, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be like that for the Raiders, obviously, because it could never could. Ugh. But. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm excited about it, but Steve is not. <laughs> that's that's crazy. I mean, I I love football too, and I am also somewhat over it. I've I've been a Niners fan since I was like nine or ten years old, and they've been so bad the last few years that I just it's hard for me to stomach watching any football. And then I live near Dallas, which is like still to me the the arch enemy of the 49ers. I hate the Cowboys, so. I've kind of stepped away from football, but if I knew the 49ers were coming to Texas, I think I would be uh, have a renewed in- interest. Yeah, he just hasn't for some reason. Huh. But like I said, I'm fine with it. I, I, I wish he would pay more attention to hockey than uh, football anyway. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, we know he loves his hockey. Uh, okay, let's get into this question. This one's a little bit more serious. Um, this is a, a, a gentleman who is into moto and seems to be have a wife that maybe is not so much into moto. And he wants to know, how can I get my non-moto wife into the sport? She doesn't understand when me and my four, four-year-old son watch racing on TV. Uh, should I bring her to a race? Do I talk to her about the, the drama between some riders? You got any interest or any, uh, any advice for this gentleman? Oh, she's not into it. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think talking to her about the drama between riders is a good idea if that's her kind of jam. You know, for me, um, I got into moto through my high school boyfriend. He was a, you know, a local racer, but he was very into Supercross um, and professional racing. He, he got all the magazines delivered to his house. Um, so, and he talked to me about the riders a lot. Um, he, he was right when Jeremy was starting his reign. Okay. And, um, so he was really always talking to me about Jeremy, but then he would also tell me about Kevin Windham. There's this <laughs> young kid and he's coming up and he's from Louisiana and this and that. And, and then he would tell me about, you know, the old days of, um, you know, chicken and Bradshaw. And I never really like really understood much of that era of it because it was always before me, but starting with Jeremy and beyond, like I was totally into it and I just always loved it. And, you know, I picked Jeff Emick and he was my guy and, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think that could help. Bringing her to a race, mm, 
I don't know. Sometimes I feel like going to the races, if you're not into it, can be kind of a shit show, unless you're into, like, walking around the pits and just people watching and looking, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I feel like watching the races from the stands, it can kind of start to look like just the same race going over and over and over again. My yeah. personal opinion from when I look back on when I first started watching racing live. So I would say talking about it more on TV, maybe um, showing her some pictures of the riders. Like for me, I would always like gravitate like if somebody was super cute. But I mean, this is when I was a teenager. Not <laughs> sure. that I wouldn't totally be like that before, like now. But no, you, saying, you're definitely like, still that way now. You so. and Heather. Yeah, you and Heather are yeah. still that way now. <laughs> totally. I know. It's Yeah, I know. But so you just got yeah, find something that she would like and then, you know, try to work racing into that. I don't know how she could think it's a bad thing. I mean, if you're involving your child and, you know. Right. Too. Yeah, you know, and, and my fiance, who you met up in Denver, I think, she, she's gotten into it and she likes going. But I think for her more, it's just she just likes spending time together. Um, it really doesn't matter what we're doing. She enjoys it. There would be times when she knows who the winner of the race is before I do. If I couldn't watch live or whatever, she she follow, she's following it on social media. And I'm trying to do, like, t- complete social media shutdown when I can't watch the race. So I, I, I got lucky, I guess. And I, yeah, I don't know what else to tell this guy other than maybe, you know, in another option, in my opinion, would maybe, maybe do something for her the night before the night after that she's into that you're not so into maybe. Right. Or just, yeah, use it as an opportunity to bond with your son and give her some time to herself. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> she would appreciate it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so as hey. long as you're out of her hair, then I'm sure she doesn't care. <laughs> Let me get back to this ex-boyfriend. Um, how's this guy feel now that you are uh, like your your husband's all involved with Supercross and you've been a part of the Supercross world for so long? You... And the Damon Bradshaw is coming to my yeah. house in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so how's, um, I wish I knew. I've tried to reconnect with him so many times. Not so many times, but a few times. Like when I've gone back to my um, hometown for my high school reunion. I've stopped by his parents' house. I was very, very close with his family when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, I lived with them for a couple of years after college, so I was, yeah, really close with his parents. Um, he was the youngest of six kids, so by the time we all, we were, you know, a little bit older, all of his older siblings were gone, so there was plenty of room for me. They took me in. Um, you know, I actually met Steve when I was still living with this guy's family, but I was not with him as a boyfriend. So, okay, I was going to say, um, Our relationship de- developed, like, uh, you know, really far past that, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't talk to him anymore. I haven't talked to him since, you know, a very long time. I don't. He knows that I'm married to Steve, but I have yeah. never talked to him. I've never actually spoken to him probably in the 15 years that I've been married. Oh, wow. Only to his parents. Only to his parents. And they're not going to tell me anything sure. like that he knows. But I do know that he's still into, you know, motocross and supercross. But other than that, I would have he, no idea. He may be one of the uh, the Twitter accounts that's, like, always bashing Oh my God, Wouldn't dead? that be funny if he was like, I, I don't know, I can't think of a, one of the Twitter handles right now that's always negative, but just one, you know. Or what if it's the opposite? What if he's like a super fan and like can't get enough of Steve and like listens to every word? What if it, what <laughs> if, like, damn it. What if it's me? What if I'm, what if I'm him? <laughs> Danny, is that you? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Who knows? That's awesome though. That's a great story, Pookie. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Yeah, no worries, bro. All right, we'll talk to you again next week. All right, later. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?
Say all 